Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, I mean, they did a good job of following my eyes, um, making some good plays on some balls that I was trying to throw in some tight windows. Um, and so I've got to make sure to just take what's there and not try to force it. Um, they got great players. Like I said, they got great players that make a lot of great plays. And so uh, for, for me and for this team, we got to go out there and play our best ball, and we know we have to play our best ball if we want to win. Oh, welcome back in as uh, we continue the tour of the games that – you're not really that interested in as the Chiefs finish off their season and they played another one. Um, I partook it at Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, really cold everywhere. In Houston, I swear to before God, it was... I thought, I thought you just meant it was really cold everywhere at that Buffalo Wild Wings. No, it was cold everywhere and then it was extremely cold in the Buffalo Wild Wings. It was... <laughs> it was... I think it was... 17 degrees in Houston the day of that game. Real feel of under 10, which is not normal. And I'm talking at the 12 o'clock kickoff, had family in town. So we went up to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch the game. And I don't know if they didn't turn their heat on or what, um, but uh, the Buffalo Wild Wings in Sugarland calling you right out. Um, freezing cold. <laughs> um, we never took our jackets off. Not not any of us. Uh, it was freezing cold, and but we were able to watch the game. Another game that never ever ever once did you feel the Chiefs were in danger of losing, um, and they just went and took care of business. And they got two more of them. They got the fall apart Denver Broncos and the fall apart Los Angeles or Las Vegas Raiders. It's <laughs> got those two left. And listen, I, I I ain't gonna lie to you, fellas, Brandon, because I. I, I tried it. I was going to. I mean, I know there are going to be other podcasts that are beneath us uh, when it comes to Chiefs, Chiefs podcasts. Uh, there are going to be other ones who are going to try to tell you, hey, now, wait for the Broncos. Here they go. Like, the Broncos, they fired their coach. You know. Uh-huh. You I'm, know. I don't know why we got to take shots with other podcasts. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Listen, I don't know if there have been any others on Arrowhead Pride that have done it, but I know there are no, going to be certainly some. certainly not. They're going to do it, but I know there are going to be some that are beneath us. Clearly, there's a pecking order, and there are going to be some at, at, at other places that you shouldn't listen to that are going to say, Hey, now uh, they fired their coach, <laughs> they fired some position players. Here comes Russell Wilson. One week they're going to bring it. I can't lie to you, they're not. I, I tried, I really did. And then I heard Russ speak, and he said it just like this. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm devastated uh, <laughs> that uh, I, I couldn't play better for uh, for for Coach Nathaniel Hackett. I'm devastated for it, but I tell you one thing: I know he's resilient, and he'll get back on his feet. <laughs> and this is when I knew they weren't going to come together. He said he's he's great with his children. 
and a great husband, and I know they'll come through with it. They'll be all right. And uh, I already missed. You don't already miss them, Russ. You don't. And I and at that point, I said, "No, Denver. There's no galvanizing here." So listen, I don't know about you all. I'm just gonna keep it 100 with folks, and we'll get through the whole thing as we do every week. But Denver is not the most important thing for the weekend for the Chiefs, in my opinion. I, this game is not the most important thing. All right, if this thing is a, if this thing's a ball game in Arrowhead, then we got a lot of problems. Ain't no weather issue. Ain't nothing. It is just the terrible Broncos versus the number two seed right now in the Chiefs. So to me, Sunday is not the most important thing, PK. Now Monday, Monday night, PK, I think is the most important thing for the Chiefs. Ron, this is the last seven weeks for the Chiefs season. This is the way that their schedule set up. The Rams, the terrible Los Angeles Rams. Then you have that real, like, actual interesting game against the Bengals. The Broncos, the Texans, the Seahawks, the Broncos, the Raiders. Like, you can't get a more laughable finish to your schedule than what we have seen for the Kansas City Chiefs. And you are 100% correct. The game that matters for the Chiefs is not actually played this weekend by the Chiefs. It is played on Monday Night Football between the Bengals and the Bills. And the reason why is because everything is on the line. Like we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago where, hey, everything's still in play. It's still right there. And this game that is being played on Monday night is why everything is still in play for the Kansas City Chiefs. Because if the Bengals find a way to win this game, the Chiefs suddenly find themselves basically in the driver's seat for the number one seed, the bye, and potentially avoiding at least one of the Bengals or the Bills. Because the way that things would work out then, you get the bye week, you likely play the winner of that four versus five seed game, you would host them in that divisional round, and then most likely, at least, the way that things play out, it would be the Bengals versus the Bills in the divisional round, and you get to play the winner of that game at home in Kansas City. So everything starts setting up in your favor if the Bengals win on Monday night, but that's happening on Monday. What happens on Sunday, it shouldn't matter. Now, it could end up mattering, but it should not end up mattering in any way, shape, or form. You know how I know Chiefs fans don't care about any of these Chiefs games? How? Pod numbers are taking a hit. (laughs) (laughs) You all need to get on the horse right now. I'm I'm going to need need the Arrowhead Pride listeners to step it up in January. I'm going to... Yeah. It's been a rough month. I don't blame you. It's the it's the game. Well, I do. We're gonna blame it all on the football game. Uh, well, I'm gonna do what my pastor used to do then when when that offering used to slow pass up around the hat. <laughs> hey, listen up, guys. Um, look, I know your giving has kind of slowed up here. We plateaued <laughs> a bit here in these last two months. <laughs> I just need you guys to be focused here and let's really get into it. Now we're getting into the big time period here. Let's get through this. All right. All right, now we need you to pick it up. Tell a friend, phone a friend, get your ass up on a Friday and listen to Show and BK and all the rest of the podcast. On but specifically Show and BK. Thank Make you. sure that you definitely listen to that one. Yeah, Not right once, now, but really. twice. I'd like for us to stand out. No Download one. it on multiple different platforms. Please. What is uh, going on? Tell your grandmother. Don't even make her listen to it. Just tell her to subscribe and to download yeah. this specific podcast. If you That's do that, right. you'll be good. We did. We did hit a milestone this week. We got over a thousand Apple reviews, and now Pete Sweeney's got to eat an entire ice cream cake on Monday's editor show. So we at least got that going for us right what now. But we need you guys to step it is. up and 
Before we move on, I also want to remind you. I'd also like to remind you that it's bowl season and the action is far from over. Your go-to betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet on college football to win a and to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings same game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code five questions. New customers place a $5 pregame money line bet on a college football team to win and get $150 in free bets if your team does. That's code five questions only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, that was sexy. But back to kind of what you were talking about, BK. No, I, I think it's very impactful. A, a lot of things of why Monday night is so important. I'm going to be honest. I view this team, this Kansas City Chiefs team, a bit different because I think their margin for error is is different than it has been in the past. And I and I think this is a team that needs that needs more of the advantages than they have in the past. And to be honest, they've always had all the advantages. Uh, I'm pretty certain, I know you all will tell me, but I'm I'm pretty sure that Patrick Mahomes has yet to play a playoff game away from Arrowhead Stadium that's not the Super Bowl. So so he's played every one of them at the crib. And now I don't think on those previous years they've needed. I felt confident that they could go and win anywhere. this year, though, their margin for error is, is is thinner. And what you're saying, man, we all know the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals are the favorites. I think you can argue that they may be the favorites to win the Super Bowl along with the Eagles, but definitely the favorites in the AFC. And it is a huge advantage of the team that doesn't have to play two of those teams to get to the Super Bowl. And that's that's what's being played for. Right. If you are if you are Buffalo and you win that game, you not only are probably going to host that sucker at Buffalo the whole way, but you don't get you don't have to play the Chiefs and Bengals to run through things. And that's what the, the that's what the Chiefs had to do last year. You don't have to play play them both. The 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 team that has a chance to get the number one seed can pull that off. And I, I think that is enormous. You avoid having to deal with Justin Herbert, something something crazy happening there. You avoid having something crazy happening with Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins and maybe Teddy Bridgewater uh, because Tua, Tua shouldn't play another snap this year, but whatever. Like you avoid having to deal with those situations. So Monday night, I, I don't I don't know if the kids are back in school. I, I think they should really look at maybe canceling school so there could be a, a complete focus, maybe canceling some people's work. So there can be a complete focus for Monday night football uh, for Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, because I, I, I think that is the biggest thing. That's the biggest game of the season. All these other seven ridiculous games the Chiefs have had here of late. This game Monday night that does not involve them. Everybody ought to be cheering their, ar- their arses off for this game coming up on Monday. I mean, just think about it this way, right? Like, here are your two options. Either option A, you skip the wild card round entirely. Or option B, you play in the wild card against the Chargers, who you beat this year by a combined six points, and it took overtime last year to beat them. They always have a difficult game plan, and since I think it's week seven, they have a top three defense in the NFL, and Justin Herbert now has his allotment of weapons healthy. 
and they might be getting their starting left tackle back within the next couple of weeks as well. And Joseph Bosa's back too. Yeah. Yeah. Those are your two options in the wild card round. Either you don't play or you potentially have to play against that Chargers team again and you have to face off against that. And the divisional round, the difference is the potential of a Bengals game. I think you would you would host that in this scenario. Or you would be hosting probably the Jaguars. Like, do you want to play the team that's beat you each of the last three times? Or would you rather play the Jaguars who you were able to beat pretty handily earlier this season? I think I'm going to take the Jaguars route. And then if you make it to the AFC Championship game, the difference is hosting potentially the Bills or going on the road potentially uh, against the Bills. Like, it's just, it's a pretty simple decision as to what you would prefer. One of them is a far more likely path to the Super Bowl than the other. And now that you do have these legit, like, alpha-level quarterbacks in the AFC that you're going up against on a year-to-year basis, it's starting to matter more. It's starting to mean what it did in the Peyton and Brady uh, playoffs where, like, home field advantage was a very real thing. And the Chiefs, I do think this is a year where they actually do need it. But, Steve, Steve, are you with me on the thought of, like, years past, everything you're explaining – I'd have been like, yeah, you'd rather have that, but the quarterbacks is what changes it, right? Like now, now you have legit studs that you're going up against. Yeah, but the quarterback, Steve, but also the Chiefs team, like the Chiefs team, changes it. Like you know, you just don't like you don't know if the Chiefs can just go and go rough shot and just put thirty five on somebody easy every week, and and I think it changes it where they need these advantages sort of more than they've ever had to. Well, and, and it's not it's not just, you know, can the Chiefs go put up 35 points in the playoffs? Like, we know Patrick Mahomes scores points in the playoffs. Like, I'm not worried about that. But it is that I still have question marks about this team, even this late in the season. And based on their, their second half schedule, like, we're probably not going to get a lot of those answered because even in the game against Seattle, even whatever, whatever we see in this game against Denver – it's not going to compare to the competition that you're going to see in the playoffs. So I still have question marks about what this team can do on both sides of the ball. So you need every advantage that you can get ahead of the playoffs because you have the ultimate difference maker in Patrick Mahomes, but Josh Allen is really, really good. Joe Burrow's really good. And the Bengals have pretty much have had your number three games in a row. And they're a better football team this year than they were last year. They're a more complete football team. So those teams scare me a little bit. So anything you can do to try to mitigate the risk of losing early in the playoffs to hosting an AFC title game and only having to take on one of those teams is only a positive thing for you in the long run. This is interesting, Ron. I actually come out a little different on this, I think. I think it's about the opponents. I'm not sure I feel like, do I have the same trust in this team that I did in previous Chiefs teams? Maybe the answer is no, but it's a slim margin. Like, they're still the best offense in the NFL by any metric that you want to look at. And Mahomes is having arguably his best year of his career, whether you want to look at, like, the efficiency stuff, like the volume. It's it's all there for him. I think you can make a case this is the best running game that Patrick Mahomes has had in his time here in Kansas City. And so, like, I don't know that I feel all that differently year to year about the Chiefs. I think it's more about the opponents for me. Like I, I think that the bills are better 
than the teams that the Chiefs have played in previous years. I think that this year's Bengals are better. I, I believe in them more than the opponents that they would have had to play in previous years. I think the Chargers as a potential seven seed are scarier than the seven seeds that you would have had to go up against or the six seeds prior to that before the expansion of the playoffs. I just think the path is more difficult now. And so it's it's more to me about the opposition. You don't have a Tennessee Titans as the one seed this time around. You don't have a team that you're going up against that I'm like, yeah, I, I don't believe in that team at all. I think they're fraudulent. And I, I would pick the Chiefs over them, even though that team has either a better or similar record to the Chiefs. <laughs> like that playoff game against the Steelers that none of us remember happened. Exactly. Or, or the Colts, like a couple of years ago, the Colts, when nobody believed in that Colts team, like, those teams just don't really exist this year in the AFC playoffs. Not that yeah, the Chiefs will go up against them if they get that two seed, at least. Yeah, I don't know if the opponents are that much better as much as I think the Chiefs aren't as overwhelming um, as they have been. Like, the Chiefs could just – like, we used, to, we used to talk about it. They they could be the golden state of, of, of football to where they could just have a quarter – where they just overwhelm the game and that that wins them the game like that that gives them such separation like there used to be a deal for me with boy if you're playing the chiefs don't get down two scores because if you get down you know 10 14 points you're never going to catch up you're never going to stop them enough like i'm saying they could they could throw 35 on on anybody like to me jacksonville or tennessee they're the only teams that I can't make a case for where I'm like, yeah, they could get the Chiefs. Like, if Lamar is healthy, uh, you know, I could see uh, – I can envision a way that they could get the Chiefs. I can envision a way the Dolphins, the Chargers, and then obviously those other two could get the Chiefs. Like, the, the, the AFC South trash, that's the only thing that I can't envision them finding a way to win. I, they just don't overwhelm teams – the way they used to. So I, I think it's a little bit of these teams, but I think it's a little bit of the, the Chiefs haven't stepped back. Like, like I said, they got to put 35 in their sleep. They haven't scored 35 since week seven. And I know they're the number one offense in the in, in, in the NFL, but just still, like, that was a regular thing. Like, these games are tighter for the Chiefs to where the margin is is – is lesser and obviously i know i think that's the defense though right like isn't that a lot of that the defense because like you look at the points per game chiefs are scoring 29 points per game this year that's second in the nfl last year they were at 28 that was fourth the year before that 29th they were sixth and the year before that they were 28 at fifth in the nfl like compared to the relative to the league they're better this year than they have been in previous years. If you look at their explosive passing plays, they're, I think, number one right now in the NFL, even though it doesn't feel that way. I think some of what we're doing with the Chiefs is more of a reflection of what the defense is than what the offense is. It, It's just, I think a lot of it is a reflection of them not having Tyreek, too. Like us just going into the playoffs for the first time, not yeah, having well, that guy, you know? And it's, uh, I think it's not having two total game breakers that you sure. know you can rely on like you've got travis kelsey but like i have questions about juju's effectiveness when you take on some of these playoff defenses i i have questions about the effectiveness of mvs and and justin watson and how they're going to utilize mccall if he's healthy enough to go and Kadarius tony like i don't know who the second option is outside of travis kelsey yeah they haven't had tony they haven't had Hardman either that it's, it's hurt their big playability but 
whatever. They're just they're and Tyreek is a part of it. They're just not as overwhelming to to where they can just absolutely like they don't force the hands of teams like they used to. Now their offense is still really good and especially relative to the league, but the Chiefs used to force you to be more aggressive that would hurt you eventually. And they would force you to do things to play outside of the way you wanted to play, except for the Tennessee Titans, who for some reason just play out their, their same way and seem to stay in games. Yeah. I just I just think the margin is different for them. And they need more, they need they need every advantage. They can use every advantage they could possibly get because like the last game, the last game, like that was a blowout for this team, 24 to 10 against Seattle. That'd have been worse years past and it was 24 to 10 i don't think because of the defense i think the offense squandered a lot of opportunities and didn't didn't put things away like they should have the offense has had turnovers to stop themselves in games from scoring more points they've had three and outs like that second half it was 27 to nothing against denver the last game that second half they ran into a couple of of lulls and 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 had some three and outs where you were like hold on man just like put a drive together but they scored seven points in the second half against Denver the first game. So it's 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 not just the the defense, which I understand because they never get the hell off the field at times, but they just don't have the same march. By the way, can we can we pour one out for Derek Carr? Uh, Josh McDaniel. Josh McDaniel. probably don't want to hear that, but I kind of feel bad for Derek. Josh McDaniels is a clown. I mean, we're going to sit here and look at this thing, and we're going to say, well, hold on, how the hell? Last year he had Darren, he had Waller, and he had Hunter Renfro, and I can't name another receiver they had. I'm, I'm sure uh, uh, that I should be able to. Was was Jones on that team? Was Zay Jones a part of yeah, that roster? Yeah, Jones was. Yeah, they had a part of that roster. Henry Ruggs went Henry Ruggs, so that absolutely kind of, you know, changed things offensively for them. But he was borderline top 10 quarterback, if not a top 10 quarterback last year. Ryan Edwards, another wide receiver. Ryan Edwards, oh, with yeah. Brian Edwards and all that. This year, he's got the second leading rusher. He's got a top, maybe the, the best wide receiver in the game. And he looks awful. Like, come on, man. I, I feel bad for him a, a bit. Josh McDaniels is a terrible coach. And the Raiders should be in continuing free fall however long they want to continue to do this. Uh, at least Denver's smart enough to get out of Nathaniel's ass. This this uh, Josh McDaniel is going to continue to ruin the Raiders moving forward. But I pour one out for, for Derek Carr because Derek Carr said, what the hell with it? You going to bench me for Jarrett Stenham? Then I'm just bouncing. I'm, I, I'm not – I don't know whose idea that was. Whose idea for, for Derek Carr to just dip, to not be a part of the team – the last two years, because Derek Carr, he will—he is a guy who I'm pretty sure uses eyeshadow or whatever. But he is a guy mascara, that will, mascara eyeliner, mascara, <laughs> eyeliner, black eyeliner. Will get emotional and will run his black eyeliner down. I don't—I don't sense him as a guy that just says, "Man, I'm out. I'm out." The last two games, I ain't gonna finish what I'm started. So this is a weird situation, but pouring out for DC. I think Derek Carr is a victim of the circumstances in the AFC West right now. And I think we're going to continue to see this. We've seen it in Denver where they've been trying year after year, whether it's quarterback or coach, to find the right guy to match up with Patrick Mahomes. They now have put themselves into this situation with Russell Wilson where they there's no way out. And so the coach had to go because they're trying to figure out somebody else to get that quarterback. 
Vegas is now in the spot where they're saying, all right, we've done it with the coach. We've tried numerous different guys there. Now it's got to be the quarterback that's got to go. We could see this eventually with the Chargers. If they aren't able to have success with Staley, they've been pretty good in LA this year when they don't play against the Kansas City Chiefs. If that continues, I bet you Brandon Staley eventually gets fired. What's happening in the AFC West, Ron, reminds me so much of what happened in the SEC West from the early stages of the Nick Saban experience up until the last couple of years. Here's the number of coaches that were uh, hired by each respective team in that co- in that division over a 14-year stretch. I wonder if I can name some of the coaches, but go ahead. Arkansas had six of them. Auburn oh, yeah. had four. LSU had three. Mississippi State had five. Ole Miss had five. Texas A&M had four. It's a 14-year stretch, man. Auburn and LSU won national titles and fought and fired coaches years and then years later. And it's all because they couldn't stack up to Nick Saban. And that is what Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have become in the AFC West. They are the Nick Saban of this division. If you can't live up to it, owners get desperate. They decide, I need to find somebody who can. And despite the fact that Derek Carr is basically the equivalent of like the modern era version of Alex Smith, they decided that's not enough for us. He's going to go somewhere else. Like he could go to the Jets next year and be a really good quarterback for them. They could win 10, 11 games with Derek Carr next year. But the Raiders have decided that's not enough. We're, we're, that's not good enough because you're going up against Patrick Mahomes every, every or two, uh, two games every year in this division. We do agree that the Derek Carr error with the Raiders is over, right? Like he's he's that yeah. was his last. Oh game yeah, played yeah, hundred percent. Who do you yeah. think is going to be their next quarterback? I think it's going to be Tom Brady. I think it's going to be Brady too, or Jimmy. I think it's going to be Jimmy one of those. Too. I mean, I don't know why Brady would want to come play Patrick Mahomes twice a year, but he makes the most sense. And no, we're talking we're talking about Tom Brady, right? Because you don't think Tom Tom doesn't think that way. Yeah. Yeah. Tom thinks I'm going to reunite with Josh McDaniels. We're going to make the same magic that we had previously. Gronk will I got Devontae go Adams. I got yeah. Devontae Adams. I already got a great tight end like Darren Waller. I, I could use some of them. I got I got Wes Welker and Hunter Renfro. And I'm in Vegas. Line. I'll be able to recruit a guy or two. Like the way Good that running got game. Julio out there and Antonio Brown out there. He'll get somebody this offseason yeah. to go out there with him. That, that'll be his mindset. Yeah, great running game. Yeah, you can and see their it. defense is trash though, and Josh Jacobs might be a free agent. So. You know who else is trash though? Tom. All right. Um I gotta do this read. Yeah, that's Tom. He is. Every week this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow each and every week. This week, the Kansas City Chiefs in their second matchup against the Denver Broncos. We'll have those picks for you up later this afternoon on the Arrowhead Pride Twitter feed, so make sure you check that out. Follow the link so you can make sure you tail our same-game parlays each and every week. DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, you know how much better Kirk Cousins is than Tom Brady right now? I'm just, that's what I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> like, Tom, I mean, Tom there's a case Brady. to be made that Derek Carr is better than Tom Brady Absolutely. right now. I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to disrespect that man by saying he's trash. He's played very trash like. I think their play callings also bad. Their offensive line can't block at all. Like, yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's, and he's it not hard fast in Tampa. Yeah, and he's not going to give any type of effort to get away from a pass rush. Yep. He's just going down with it. 
All right, it, it we, looks we, like it did his final year in in New England, but it looks even worse than that. All right, um, when the Chiefs have the ball, I, I think they need to. We said this; it'll be a consistent thing moving forward. They've got to start to prepare themselves in good habits for the postseason and starting to sure up things that they need they need to have in the postseason. And offensively, turning the ball over has been a ridiculous issue. 13 of them in the last six weeks before Sunday's game against Seattle. They had zero turnovers, and that, would, to me, was the result of that game not ever being close at all. Um, you know, 24 to 10. Now, this team, you think they could have – you feel like they should have beat them and put up more points than that. But Seattle never had a chance to get the ball at the 25. They never had a short field. They never they never had that. And so every time they had to go the length of the field and and the Chiefs defense was, was, was there to be able to hold them down. So I think that's a big first step. We asked for it last week. Hell, I, w- I wasn't even going to be greedy. I just said one turnover. They didn't have any. And I think that was the big difference of the game. They need to continue that with a better defense that I think will we'll care for at least a quarter. But uh, but they got to continue that habit of not turning the football over because, to me, that is the number one reason. I understand the defense. But, honestly, I think that's the number one reason. Uh, they're sitting here needing Cincinnati to beat Buffalo for them because they've turned the ball over in games that were so important that they've lost. Ron, do you know how long it had been since the Chiefs had gone an entire game without a turnover? I really don't. I'm, I feel like eight weeks. Eleven. Week five was the last time they had gone an entire game without <laughs> turning the football over a single time. It was against the Las Vegas Raiders. That was the last time. They were 4-1 and one at that point in the season. And the next week against the Bills, they turned it over twice and continued doing so every single week up until this past week against the Seattle Seahawks. You're right. The reason why that game wasn't close is as simple as saying the Chiefs just didn't turn the ball over because it wasn't perfect offensively. In fact, it was one of their worst offensive efforts that we've seen this season. Had a critical drop by Justin Watson. He had a couple of them in that game. I was going to say just one. (laughs) Yeah, they they were terrible on third down overall. They had six drives in that game that were four or fewer plays that did not result in any first downs. And that didn't matter. Because they were able to end their drives with kicks, whether it was a field goal, a punt, or a touchdown that resulted in a PAT. And for this team, man, that's enough. Because they're going to come up with some big plays. They're going to be efficient more often than not. Patrick Mahomes is going to come up with an absurd player like play like he did on that touchdown run. Like They're going to find a way to score. You just can't allow the other team to have easy drives. And against the Seahawks, that's exactly what they did. You got to do that again this week against the Broncos and then follow that up one more time against the Raiders. You, if you get like one turnover total the next two weeks, we're good. That habit, those habits have to, you got to continue that. They need to get a run on that because, like you said, but 11 straight weeks, that's ridiculous. I didn't team, know it was that long. For I, team, I had not even that many weeks. I ago. mean, I'm, I've just been carrying the 13 and six weeks, but they've just, they've just been giving one <laughs> away for 11 damn weeks. I mean, good God, man. Uh, so, I mean, they, but they've got to continue this. Two games, and they're playing against teams that shouldn't. Now, Denver, Denver. Denver's got some players over there if they're if they're gonna be themselves, so th- this will be interesting. But that was the only reason why that game was close mm-hmm. because they turned the ball over through. It's twenty seven to nothing, and then they they started turning it over. 
So that that's one to watch. I, I will say something you've said here. And, and, and when we look at the Chiefs offense, thinking about them in all the years, them going to the postseason, this has been an offensive-led team. Like this has been a team where they're going to win, they're going to get to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl based on their offense. What do you think about this run game right now? What do you think about this run game? We've started to see since Clyde Edwards Hilaire has gone on the on, on IR, we're starting to see how this run game is coming together. This is this is um this has become an advantage for them. This has become a, a thing going into each week that all right, they can depend on. I remember coming out of one of those games where they just did I mean, I think it was the Tennessee game just said to hell with it and 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 pat was the the leading uh rusher for this team by by a large margin since then they have made a real effort with this with this group of running the football and it's become a strength for them damn near i think the most important thing is that they figured out the roles like they know exactly what isaiah pacheco and Jarek mckinnon bring to the table and they utilize them accordingly Isaiah Pacheco is going to be your grinder. He's the guy that's between the 20s. You you need first and 10, get us four yards to keep us on track. He's going to get you that. He's averaging almost five yards per carry over the last seven weeks. He's got 100 attempts for 540 yards in that stretch. That being said, he's not doing a whole lot in the passing game because he's not being asked to do much in the passing game. He's got nine total targets in those seven games. Jarek McKinnon, meanwhile, in that same stretch, has 40 targets in the last seven games. He's being utilized through the air. He's also picking it up a little bit on the ground recently as well. And they know exactly what he is and exactly what he isn't. So I, I think that's maybe the most important part of this. They have two very different skill sets, both of which are very critical to what they're trying to accomplish. Ron, I went back through and tried to figure out, all right, where's this compared to like the, the Patrick Mahomes running games that they've had going into the playoffs? How does this compare to those? I think it's number one. Because last year they had Clyde and uh, Jarek McKinnon. The year before that, it was Clyde and Daryl. The year before that, in in 2018, it was Damian Williams both seasons. I think this is your best one-two punch that you've had with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. Yeah, I I think so, because he never had Kareem Hunt going into mm -hmm. the playoffs. Uh, I think clearly when Kareem Hunt was there, he was, he was a bell cow back. But I think that's the key is, they both have roles, but Andy and Eric and the crew aren't afraid to use them in their opposite roles. Like we look at Pacheco, he's the, the runner. He's the guy, tough yards. But he'll line up and throw the ball to him. It's not like he won't ever throw the ball to him. And Jared McKinney, he is the guy that you think is the pass catcher, and he has crushed them in saving fantasy teams' lives all across the country. Uh, if you've been able to pick him up. But they will run it with him. The game winner against the Texans mm -hmm. was a handoff to Jarek McKinnon. So I, I, I think it's not only they know their roles and what they do, but the Chiefs aren't afraid to use them in either way. So it's not like you know what they're going to do out there. It's not like you got to feel like, oh, McKinnon's in the game, so they're passing. No, not necessarily. 
I do think I agree with BK that this is easily the best one-two punch that they've had in the Patrick Mahomes era because you agree with both of us. Don't just single them out. I said the same <laughs> thing. I hate when you do this. Yeah, but BK is the one that presented the initial point. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could say I, I agree with both of you. No, I, no, Ron, I, I, I didn't hear that from yeah. you. you know, really suck it. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I agree with both of you. Um, I, I think no, the no, biggest. No, no, no. Say you agree with BK because that was that was Russell. Wilson I already right. said I agree. With you said BK. it. Just don't don't bring me into it. You don't mean it. It's say, I agree with I agree with both of you. That was so Russell Wilson like. The Chiefs deserve it. a lot of credit for how they've managed Jarek McKinnon this season and being a thirty year old running back and, and a guy who I mean what was he with the 49ers for three seasons and played like a couple of games maybe because he kept just having like devastating season ending injuries and they found something with him late in the postseason last year and they were like we need that again but we just gotta we get we gotta take it easy throughout the regular season and I think Pacheco has gotten better as he's gotten more and more opportunities like He's actually seeing the field a little bit now instead of just running directly into the nearest person that's in front of him, which is what he was doing a ton of early on. And and we're seeing like we still haven't seen like the huge explosive run from Isaiah Pacheco, but I think he could still do that. I still think we haven't seen like what he can do and like how explosive he can really be. And man, it, it makes your offense so much more dangerous when they have to worry about that. And then they have to try to worry about Patrick Mahomes and the way Andy's scheming things up for Jarek McKinnon. It's it's incredible. I love it when the Chiefs style up the screen game. It's, it's amazing to watch. Yeah, and he's not afraid to do they, either one of them. I just wish they would do with Sky Moore what they've done with Isaiah Pacheco, where they, they started yes. trusting him please, please. in some ways out of necessity. And what you're seeing now is a result of them trusting Isaiah Pacheco. They allowed him the runway to get those opportunities. He's now taking advantage of said opportunities because Clyde didn't take advantage of his and then he got hurt. So now you got to have that out of necessity. There's a guy that is not taking advantage of his opportunities right now. It's Justin Watson. And it is beyond time to give Sky more some of those, those chances. I know they're not going to, I get it. We don't have to spend any more time than this talking about it, but Sky Moore in the same exact role as Justin Watson is currently playing for the Chiefs would be a better, more productive player in that role for the Chiefs. It It is crazy to me that they continue trying this. I know that what's going to end up happening is the, the, the snaps will not change until McColl Hardman gets back. And then when McColl is back, he'll start getting those opportunities. So that's fine. I will live to understand that this is just not something that I'm going to be able to be right on. And McColl, please get back soon. Just back-to-back takes that I'm just 100% in agreement with BK on right now. It's good takes, man. It's not not a roll. It's not a roll right now. Ron's ready. Ron's Ron, let's be honest. You tell me. You got two options. (laughs) Two options this week. You can either see more of Justin Watson or you can see more of Sky Moore. Tell me you're not asking for more of more. Tell me. Come on. I thought you I thought you just said we don't have to spend any more time. Come on. Come on, you say restarted it. it. No. Say it. I trust I trust Andy. And Andy doesn't see it right now. Trust him. <laughs> trust him. Wow. Trust him. He walks out there. And Andy's acting like Spags right now. Like Spags no. before this season. No, he's not. No. 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 You can keep that look on your face. You're you're gonna will Sky Moore into this thing. 
and it ain't happening right he's now. gonna make a big play in the playoffs and i i oh, am going God. to be so excited about it and just insufferable on this podcast i will with too you. i will we'll too open well. the podcast after the chiefs win <laughs> by talking about sky more exclusively yeah, i hope so too because you're you're finding a way to re just reel him in for no reason it's just none this he, was, just he no wasn't reason. even on this rundown <laughs> no he wasn't no he wasn't he was not. And then you tried to push another conversation more. We don't have to talk about this more. Did you, and then, did you see that don't tell me you don't want... he had last week? That should have been a That's negative that. play. That's what I'm saying. So shifty. Justin Watson never could have. Never. Justin Watson. He would have dropped get, it. Justin Watson can catch punts. All right. Um, coming up. All right, let's do let's do this. When the uh when the Broncos have the ball. When the Broncos have the ball. I just there, – there's got to be a little payback. The Denver Broncos offense stinks. They have the worst offense in, in, in the NFL, and I don't think it's going to get better because Jerry has taken over the team. All right, I don't care to know Jerry's last name. I just know his name's Jerry. And the photo that ESPN keeps putting up when they show that he is going to take over to be the interim head coach, Jerry has a look on his face of, this was my plan all along. And I got his ass out of here. So just because Jerry is taking over as the interim head coach, I don't think this offense gets any better. But their season high in points was against the Chiefs. The Chiefs gave up 28. And I think Patrick Mahomes had a lot to do with his turnovers. But it doesn't mean that the Chiefs should have just allowed them to score touchdowns. All right. They just kept scoring touchdowns. They got short fields. But damn it, some of them short fields were like at the 50 and they just let them roll down the field and score them. This is a team that you should stop. This is a team that if you're going to succeed in the postseason, the Chiefs defense has to play like they did last week against Seattle. They cannot allow this team to score like they did. 28 points, their season high. This has to be payback for the Chiefs defense. The following players had plays of at least 20 yards in the receiving game against the Chiefs oh, the last time around. I know one of them. Marlon Mack. That's the one. Mike Boone and Greg Dulcich, who is a perfectly capable player, but come on. Like, what are we doing here? They Those didn't even guys... have Courtland. They didn't have Sutton in that game, did they? No. No, the... but Marlon Mack torches them. He torched them when he played for the Colts. Oh, I don't know up. what it is about Marlon <laughs> Mack. Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack has had some monster games against the Chiefs. Marvel, that was four years ago with the Colts. <laughs> Marlon Mack couldn't make the Titans. I mean, the my Texans. guy Mike Boone has been around for twelve years. He's always like, there's there's a week every season, Serta. You can you can confirm this where Mike Boone is the top waiver wire pickup every year. Yeah. It is an annual tradition. It's mid December, and Mike Boone's the guy you need that week, and then he it, always sucks every year. He's terrible. I think he Marlon. had a fantasy playoff run one year with the Vikings <laughs> where he had like five touchdowns in three games or something. Marlon Mack couldn't beat out Rex Burkhead. <laughs> I mean, it's embarrassing. And the, the Chiefs tackling was abysmal in that game. Like, it really is. It is such a boring game to talk about from this perspective, Ron, just because, like, it's all about the fundamentals. Like, cover your guy and tackle them when they get the football. Hey, when they're running the football, just tackle them when you get the first opportunity to do so. Get a couple of takeaways. If this team is able to do that, the Broncos can't hurt you, man. 
They are so bad offensively. They are completely broken right now. They are more than ready to give up on this season. You mentioned earlier today, Ron, this is a 1-2-3 Cancun team. They, they would love nothing more than to play a game that is over in like two hours. They get out of Dodge and they're going home. Like that, that is what the, the Broncos would love to do. So give them every reason to try to shorten the game and get out of Kansas City with a more respectable loss. That's what this they want. De- this defense in the first three, four series forced three and outs and, and a and a and a turnover. They're gonna close up shop. 100 percent I watched them do it against Baker and name three other Rams. Uh, on, uh, on Christmas Day, just close up shop and shut it down. All right, so I, I I'm with you, man. They they got to like, I know we talked about last week. I know you 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 presented that to me. You said, can the Chiefs do anything these last few weeks to make you feel different about them heading into the playoffs? The Chiefs, if they can put together defensive performances like they did against Seattle. Like that, that's it. I know a lot of people, and I can see insert his eyes right now. They don't turn a ball over. They don't turn people over. They don't turn people over. They're so horrible at it. And I'm with you. They are. But turnovers are, are sometimes there's a product of luck to it in which you recover fumbles, your guy catches interceptions, you're there, tips, whatever. More of what is real is when you're able to get off the field. And that to me is what I want to see moving forward. They were able to do that two for 14 against the Seahawks on third down. Now Seattle was going for all the fourth downs as well, but they were two for 14 on third down. That means they're getting off the field. That was that that's been an issue. These long drives, Cincinnati had long drives and shortened the game and shortened the possessions for Mahomes and the offense. Can you get off the field? I'll take that as much as turnovers. Yes, turnovers are are amazing, but that is that is not something you can count on. I want to be a count on getting off the field on third down. If they can keep that up, you ask, can they do something? That's something if they can continue these performances against the Broncos and Raiders. The other thing is, like, you might be able to get some turnovers against the Broncos. You might be able to get some turnovers against who, – who's starting for the Raiders now? It's the Auburn kid, right? Stidham? Jared Stenham. Yeah, he went yeah, to I mean, Baylor as well. You you could get some turnovers against those two guys. It's going to be a little tougher to force those turnovers against Joe Burrow, or Josh Allen might give them to you. But the teams you're going to face in the playoffs, they're going to be tougher to be able to turn over than what you're getting these next couple of games. What can be sustainable, though, is these corners living up to the hype. Last week, I thought Sneed did a pretty good job, all things considered, on DK Metcalf. I think McDuffie's been excellent from start to finish once he's been healthy so far this season. And if you continue seeing some signs out of Williams and Watson, that's what I want to see. These safeties, they've started making plays. Like, they're not just back there, like, on the field for every snap of the game. They're actually out there making some plays where they help you now. Nick Bolton, make a few plays. Those are the things that you want to see down the stretch. Even if they don't end up resulting in turnovers, I would like to see it. But even if they don't end up resulting in turnovers... Them just stepping up and making the easy plays, the right plays, it's super boring, but, man, that's what ends up winning you games in the playoffs. That's what won the Bengals the playoff game last year. They just made every tackle. After the guy caught the ball, like, think back to that game. The Chiefs broke no tackles, and the Bengals were able to win as a result of that. Chiefs got to become that defense. Uh, And 
Yeah, the turnovers thing is still frustrating to me, and I understand I it's it hard is. to manufacture turnovers. It's just – I just don't understand how they're so bad at it. Like, you, you fall into some sometimes. Like, quarterbacks just have bad passes, and it just seems like it's not their thing. And I can live with that, but it does come down to the pressure, and it comes down to the tackling because this defense, for whatever reason, every single year – has issues with tackling and we see these teams who just get who have who just get yak after yak after yak because the chiefs can't tackle them or they are they're poor tackling and they just break the tackles well they've actually been pretty good at it over the last couple of games and i I think that's something that can translate to the playoffs against upper echelon competition because we saw Cincinnati like Samaje Piran had a great game against the Chiefs and Samaje Piran was just mowing Chiefs defenders down like just running, running them over and that's something that they've worked to improve on over the last couple of weeks so that's really all I want to see it's just just don't give up long runs because there's three Chiefs around the guy and he breaks all three of the tackles and runs for 25 yards get off the field that that to me if you can get off the field consistently and give more possessions to, to Mahomes, Kelsey, Reed, and that crew, then that, that's what it is. These long drives have been a killer, and they've been giving up two, three, ten-plus drives a game and giving things up. All right, the game that is sweeping the nation. Uh, sir, to go ahead and bring me my music there. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. Certified or imposter? George Karloftis, George Karloftis, do you believe that Big George is a player, a guy that's going to be a player, an impact player in the postseason? Do you believe, as we're getting here closer, look, you know what, he's been playing well here of late, uh, and, and if you watch the game against Seattle, he impacted that game in a big way, but he's played better of late, and they need it, right? They've got Chris Jones, if we talked about, you know, Frank kind of comes in and out. and Carlos Dunlap looks like he's giving you exactly what he gives you. But can George Karloff just be a guy that is an impact player in the postseason, certified or imposter? Go ahead, BK. I think that I've got the comp for what he could be this year. I think he could be for the Chiefs in the playoffs what Frank Clark was for them in 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl. The reason why I bring that up as the comparison is because Frank Clark was not a great player that year. I remember, Ron, we were in KC at the time. We were doing radio every day. How many conversations do we have about Frank Clark underwhelming relative to expectations? And that was, amazingly enough, the best version of Frank Clark that we've seen in Kansas City. So... In the playoffs, he ended up making big-time plays when they needed him. Had three sacks against Houston, a sack to close things out against Tennessee, and a sack to close things out against San Francisco as well. Could Karloftis be something like that? Yeah, I think he could. I think I, I don't think he's going to be a guy that consistently puts pressure on the opposing quarterback. I don't think he's going to be a guy that makes six splash plays a game. That's just not who he is. He wins late. He wins when the quarterback is trying to make a little bit of a scramble. Like those are the ways that George Karloftis is going to get there. But he has a sack in four of his last five games now. He's playing inside and out. They have figured out what the role needs to be for George Karloftis to have success on this team. And so if if you had to ask me like certified or imposter, George Karloftis can be this year's version of Frank Clark in the playoffs. I think I would say certified. I think he's capable of that, of being a two or a three as a pass rusher. 
This is hard for me, sir, to, uh, I, because I'm asking myself this question. On passing downs, on third downs, can George Karloftis consistently beat one-on-one matchups? Can he consistently do that? Can he do that on third downs? And right now, I've not seen enough to say it. I'm hopeful, as you said, man. He's been he's been coming on to where maybe there's a click there, and he's understanding the game, and he's finding his try hard motor, and finding some sort of moves to go along with that in the pass rush because it's going to be there for him. He is going to see one on one matchups, and can you beat him? Because because Chris Jones is going to take going to take that, going to take double teams. Can he win those matchups? And I I will say imposter right now because I'm not sure that he can do it. He's been coming, but I'm not sure he can do it. So right now, in terms of a player, an impact player in the postseason, I'll say imposter right now. Yeah, I think he's an imposter um, at this moment. But it's not because like – it's not because I think he's done developing or that he can't develop into a really strong player for the chiefs. And I think what he's done over the last five games is great. This is exactly how you want to see things play out for a a late round uh, or a late first round pick rookie player on your defense. You want, you know, growing pains early on in the season, back half of the season, you start to see him come on and figure things out and figure out the speed of the NFL. And I think George has done that, but you know, Seahawks offensive line has been playing really poor. Uh, he had two sacks against, or he had a sack against the Broncos. Their offensive line's really bad. He did have one against the Bengals, which their offensive line is better this season. So like he's coming on and he's making impact plays. I think what he's been so great at is, is swatting passes at the line of scrimmage, which the chiefs have been strangely great at this season. And and George has become a playmaker like that. It's not just the pass rush. So I think he's still gonna, he's still got plenty of room to improve. And I think he can be a difference maker for them in the playoffs. I'm just not willing to fully commit to George just yet as being like, he's going to be that difference maker off the edge for the chiefs in the playoffs. Hey, Ron, there are five, defensive ends that were selected this year in the first round you know where Karloftis ranks in uh in sacks among those five I mean he's probably in the top three he's second only yeah. Aiden Hutchinson has more than him so far this year after the what he's done the last five what's weeks. he got what's he got he's at four Six. and a half I mean it's not it's not super impressive but I mean none of them have have done a whole lot Trevon Walker well, he, has he, three and a half Thibodeau has three he's coming on late and Jermaine Johnson the guy that everybody wanted has two has two and a half so far no he's coming and we all know it's not just sacks you know it's we all know yep. it's pressures that what pressures lead to it but can he is he getting better to a point where third down and sevens third down and six third downs and eights or more he's going to get one-on-one is he going to be able to impact you know, something. And and I'm not sure I'm there yet. Hopeful for it. All right. Predictions. Uh, Broncos chiefs uh, this week at home. I don't think this one should be close. Uh, the, the, the weather should be well. It's 57 to 60 degrees in this game. Not as cold as it was last time. I, I last game against Seattle. I, I think this is 28, 10, something like that. 28, 10 for, for the chiefs. 
I've got 31 to 13. I mean, it shouldn't be close. It shouldn't be interesting. They tend to make it more interesting than it should be in these types of games. So maybe I take that down and it's like 27 to 17. But this is a game that should be over by the end of the third quarter. Yeah, I agree. I actually have the same prediction as BK that I already wrote for ArrowheadPride.com. Chiefs winning 31 to 13 in this game. I just think... Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes both mentioned this week that they fell asleep at the wheel in the first game against the Broncos. They're aware of it. They know what they did in that game. They know they should easily win this football game. So I, I think there's going to be a lot less mistakes this time around. I think they'll win pretty easily. Yeah, I, I'm starting to come to an understanding of this version of the Chiefs. Um, I mean, they just don't blow away teams like they used to. Like to me, if this was a Chiefs team in the past, uh, like I, I, I'd be at 35 at least and thinking they could put 40 on, on these guys. Uh, but the way the team, the way that Chiefs blow teams out is more like they did last week, 24, 10, 28, something, 31, 13. So uh, that's uh, we're in lockstep there. I, I see there sort of whenever you agree with BK, you're able to say, you know, I agree with BK. You agree with me on imposter with George Karloftis, and you just said imposter. So, I mean, it's clear it's a double standard here that you have set. It's really sad. Uh, do we ever say that we agree with each other on certified or imposter? I feel like we just say it. I just, you say it everywhere else. Just, just, when, just when we agree, sir. I always make, make sure to mention that I agree I've, with you. I've done nothing but give my heart to you, and this is uh, how if you want, If you want me to be honest, I, I just said that he was an imposter to give you a freebie for the show to just throw you one. I don't believe that. Um, <laughs> I don't believe you believe in him. Uh, like, that's so fun. <laughs> I'm so Bye. ready for these games to matter again. Because God, it is hard to break yeah. these ones down, guys. Monday really matters. Tough. Monday night matters. Check right. out Monday night. Monday night matters. We are out.